Hello, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. My name is Casey Ruff from Boundless Body LLC, and I am the host of Boundless Body Radio. Before October of 2020, I was not a podcaster. Now, I have recorded hundreds of episodes featuring incredible guests, created tons of helpful content, and have consistently generated thousands of downloads every month since I began. I'm just a regular dude trying to share a message, and now I'm ready to show you my process, my successes and failures, and everything I've learned along the way to help you start your own podcast. Together, we'll explore the entire process of having a podcasting idea and take it all the way to publishing your first episode and explore all the steps in between. Then, I'll give you all the tools that you will need so you can record as many episodes that you want to release after that. Podcasting is one of the most enriching skills I've ever added to my life, and I've learned a ton by talking with some of my heroes and sharing it with anyone who wants to join us on our journey. So, sit back, grab a notebook, take some notes, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Hello, hello. This is Casey Ruff, and welcome to episode three of season two. Today, we are going to be speaking with my good friend, Mark Reed. Um, Mark is the host of one of my favorite podcasts called Zen Sandwich. Mark was hosted on our primary podcast, so just make sure you go back and check out Mark's amazing story on episode 35 of Boundless Body Radio. Um, I was also fortunate enough to be featured as a guest on his show last year, so that's on episode nine of Zen Sandwich. Mark Reed, welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Hey, hey, thanks, Casey. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's such an honor to, to host you again. You're somebody I really like to um, talk to, and we've talked over the course of the last year several times about podcasting, and we kind of both got into this at about the same time, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I think you were about a month and a half ahead of me, and so, you know, you're my... Uh my gu- my guru my my muse you you Yikes. guide me through it <laughs> that, that's not good <laughs> that can't be good um i went back and listened to our original episode on boundless body and i realized just your demeanor and you know the way you use humor to tell your story and you talk about mindfulness and meditation that was by far the episode where i talked the slowest and and most <laughs> most mindfully so i really appreciate that i should just host you every single week so i can slow the hell down <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know if that's the Zen stuff or if it's just because I'm, I'm from the South. I try not to talk like this, but you know, <laughs> I, I do have a Southern accent, and it, and it, I, I, uh, I interviewed this. Um, I've interviewed her twice, actually. This uh, scientist, this Swedish scientist who lives in Germany, and uh, and but speaks perfect English, and she speaks so quickly. And when I went back and listened to the interview, it makes me seem like. Like I'm just an idiot, like that. I, that I speak so slowly, like I'm just going at my normal p- pace. But by comparison, it just seems like, you know, I sound like I'm somebody from Mayberry. Anyway. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh man, I love that. Well, we started this podcast um, just kind of as a fun side project. I'd been helping a few of my friends get their podcast launch, and so I just wanted to take everybody, you know, through my podcasting project and and process and all that stuff. And um, I decided to also include some interviews and interview some of my favorite podcasters and and talk about their process. We all do this a little bit differently, and, and again, you and I have gone back and forth and exchanged ideas over the course of the last year, um, and that's been really fun and meaningful. Um, when, when we very first talk about um, 
you know, the podcasting on, on episode one, we asked the question, why do you want to start a podcast? And when I went back and listened to our original episode on boundless body radio, you mentioned the term Ikigai. And I would love to hear you define that once more on this show and then tell us why you decided to start a podcast. Uh, that's interesting. I wonder if I'll answer the question the same way. I That's forgot why I'm I, exactly. That's totally why I'm asking. <laughs> but uh, as for ikigai, you know, it's a Japanese term. Uh, it's it's one of my favorite Japanese words. I live in Japan. I don't know if that was, uh, if we made that clear in the intro, but uh, and uh, ikigai is one of my favorite Japanese words. It 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 doesn't translate exactly into English, but essentially, it's your purpose for living. Uh, I. I, the best definition I like to think of is uh, your reason for getting out of bed in the morning. And, uh, um, you know, the, there's a story that always comes to my mind of like this 102-year-old uh, fisherman in Okinawa who uh, he three times a week he would still get up and catch fish for his family. I mean, they were financially independent. They didn't need him to do it. But it was his reason for living, for going, you know, for getting out of bed in the morning to go catch fish for his family to consume. And I use that as a sort of motivation for, uh, well, to get out of bed in the morning. And, uh, and you know, podcasting is uh, one of my icky guys. I, I, I of the opinion you can have uh, several, you know, and um, one of mine is to, to do this. And I think what I enjoy most or why I got into it, one is the creative aspect of it. You know, I, uh, some people don't need to be creative. Some people can work on an assembly line, uh, as their career and, and it's fine. And, uh, you know, um, I, I know I have family members like that. They, they don't have any interest in being creative. I've always been the opposite working on some kind of assembly line or, or working in a cubicle drives me insane. I just can't do it. And I can't last very long at those kind of jobs. So, you know, I got into podcasting, I guess, because of the potential of, you know, turning this into something that could be, it's not my primary job, but, you know, if it ever became my primary occupation, that would be wonderful because it's, it's always changing. It's always evolving. It's always creative. And I get to talk to new people and I need a sort of ikigai or, and a passion like that. Mm, that is extremely similar to the way you answered the question the first time. And I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad because, you know, I see a lot of people who start podcasts and, you know, they go through challenges and, and sometimes it can really knock them down when they, they forget about their why. We always mm. want, you know, people starting podcasts to consider their why and make sure it's strong enough to meet the amount of work and time and money that you have to pour into this because it's a lot of all of those resources. Yeah. In, in fact, I, I could save some people uh, the trouble if they're if they're thinking about a podcast and and they're thinking about investing the time and, and possibly the money into the equipment to, to do it. Um, you know, more than half, most podcasts don't get past the sixth or seventh episode. And I, I know people who have started to podcast and they quit around that time period because they got into it because they enjoy a couple of podcasts and they think that sounds cool. That seems cool. And that they'd want to do it. And then they get into it and realize it's way more involved than they thought and they get out. And so, you know, I don't want to dissuade anyone. I, I would, you know, this is a great thing to do, but uh, you got to really know what you're getting into. So I, I, I like that you're doing this podcast to inform people before they, they make the leap. Well, thank you. And we encourage the same thing. Um, 
you know, you and I met in a Facebook group for podcasters and right. we were, I, I think it was one that we could like go around and like rate and review each other, which is a great way to kind of build um, your podcast in the very beginning. And I eventually, the beginning. yeah, exactly. In the beginning. And I left some of those groups because I got so annoyed with people who were like, we, we use this as the example. You'll, you'll love this, that, that, that you and Shauna, you know, at 2 PM on every Tuesday, you know, go and drink Rose and talk about your crazy cats. Right. It would be, <laughs> it would be that person making a post on some of those pages saying like, I, how do I get, how do I get monetized? You know, we've already done three episodes and I, I right. can't seem to make any money on this. Like, give me a break. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I know a guy who's, who uh, has a, a kind of blog. It's a somewhat of a blog and it uh, is, it's also around uh, uh, teaching English as a second language. And uh, he's been at it for maybe 15 years. Now his, he doesn't have a podcast, but uh, my point in bringing him up is that uh, it took him about three years to monetize three years. And now he, he makes more money off that website than he does off his, he, he's a professor at a university and the professor job is his side gig. Now the website makes him a lot more money, but he, uh, you know, he told me, he said, man, it might be two years. It might be three years before you monetize. So people who jump in and like three episodes in want to monetize they, they're uh, misguided. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We encourage people to quit early. Um, there's many, you know, th things that I thought I was really passionate about that I have ended up quitting. I quit golf this year, which was <laughs> great. <laughs> Donated all my that clubs. Was <laughs> That was a smart move. Trust me. I've Thanks. quit golf too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, it, was it, I think it's attributed to Mark Twain, but golf is a, is a good walk spoiled or something like that. <laughs> totally. Well, um, already a lot of really good insights, but we want to hear about your podcast, what it's called, um, and, and kind of why you decided, well, you told us why you decided to do it, but you know, what kind of format you chose and, and how it has evolved over the course of the last year. Uh, yeah. And in fact, I even, even my explanation for what does the name mean has evolved over the year. And, and, and I, I had the foresight on that a little bit. So the, the name of the podcast is Zen Sandwich. And, uh, and so I, I had the foresight that I wanted to leave it kind of wide open. And that's sort of the sandwich part of it because it's a, you know, kind of comical way to say the word sandwich. And, uh, my point is that it's, Zen based initially, because that is kind of what I do. I study Western Zen and I am into mindfulness and a little bit of meditation here and there, living in the present moment, that kind of thing. But I knew I didn't want to pigeonhole myself into just having a Zen podcast, you know, then I would have just called it the, you know, the Western Zen, Mark's Western Zen podcast or something. But I, I didn't want to just do that. So that's where the sandwich part comes in. I wanted to also indicate in a short title not to take all this stuff too seriously. So, yeah, I talk about mindfulness and breathing and meditation stuff, but I also, you know, emphasize, hey, don't get so bogged down into the rules of Zen and dogma that you lose sight of what it's all about in the first place, which is to have fun and just to and, uh, and not only have fun, but also accept the pains and struggles in life and just to be just to get through life. So the the sandwich part is the Zen part is to, you know, be mindful and be present and uh, to think about those things, 
But the sandwich part is to, hey, don't forget to have fun, too, along the way. Don't get so serious about the Zen stuff. You know, have a good laugh while you're at it. So, I, you know, and to get to the question of the format. So I, that allows me, I think, to cast the net pretty wide in terms of who I interview. I interview entrepreneurs, artists, musicians. Uh, I just interviewed uh, Kaylee Mycroft, who was the first female quadriplegic to uh, reached the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro. You know, what an interesting, fascinating story. So good. So good. Yeah. So, you know, I, I and uh, as for the format, I do more interviews than solos these days, but I still do a solo. I'll do like a solo uh, short form podcast, like 15 minutes. Uh, and then, and that, those topics usually are a little more Zen-ish. Uh, and then the other half or now maybe about 60% of my episodes are interviews and I just want an interesting story. And, uh, and usually I try to find out how that person deals with the struggles in life too. And, uh, and we try to have a good laugh, uh, each episode. Mm. Do you, I mean, obviously you're doing it, so you prefer it, but do you find it difficult to do shorter solo episodes and longer interviews all in the same podcast? Or has that been pretty, um, easy to manage? It, it it's been pretty easy to manage honestly i um i think uh the well, you know what's tough to manage is getting the interviews down because i do inter- interview what i think mo- are are interesting people um i'm i try to keep the interviews under 30 minutes and um because you know i'm not joe rogan joe rogan can talk for four hours but that's because he's talking to robert downey jr and for whatever reason we want to listen to robert downey jr but you know i'm not famous and the people i interview typically aren't that famous so uh i can't go for four hours but i get into these interesting conversations with them and i'm looking at the clock and i'm like man we've been talking like for an hour and 15 minutes i got to cut more than half this back and uh, that's the most difficult thing. But going back and forth between solos and interviews, no, I, I think that and I, you know what? I don't notice a difference in my downloads. Like, uh, in fact, some of my solos get more downloads than some of my interviews do. So it, it doesn't hurt me in terms of uh, uh, not viewership, listenership or whatever. Sure. Wow. Interesting. That's a really good answer. Um, related to that, I've got a two-part one for you. Um, and the first is, how how are you finding these people? Is it something that you're actively looking for a particular somebody, or is it more that you're just kind of open to anybody? And then the second is kind of more of the brass tacks. Like, how are you inviting your guests? But that's a great question. I, and I get that one a lot. Like, how do I find these people? Uh I do actively look for them. And uh, this is, I, I assume at some point we might talk about social media and how we use it. And um, and most podcasters, I think, just think of social media as uh, a marketing tool. And it is that, of course. But I use it almost equally to find um, who I'm going to interview. And, you know, I got to dig deep sometimes. I, I got to get lost in the rabbit hole to find some of these people. But um but I, I typically find them on social media. I find an interest, interesting story that somehow has gotten overlooked. And um, and then now I've been doing it long enough, uh, you know, a year. I've had some people come back to me and say, hey, I've got like the, the way I found Kaylee Mycroft was from earlier this year. I interviewed Jackie Thompson, who was one of the first female uh, um, game 
wardens or game rangers in South Africa. She was like one of the first uh, females to be a, a game ranger in uh, in the bush in South Africa. And she her story was fascinating. And um, she came back to me and said, hey, uh, I don't know if you know Kaylee Mycroft, but here's her story. You should interview her. And she gave me contact info. And I was like, oh, thanks. So, you know, that's how I find people is like either people come to me and um, or I go searching on social media. Is there any place that is fairly reliable to find really interesting people or is it just kind of whatever pops up in your news feeds? Well, uh, I, I have found the most on two platforms and I'm going to be uh, extremely critical of one of these platforms. But uh, um, I find them on LinkedIn and Twitter and Twitter oh, is the man. one. I'll be- those, are, those are the two <laughs> worst ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh I do have some opinions on that. <laughs> Twitter is the worst. I, I use four platforms and I, I'm capped myself there. I'm not going to TikTok. I'm not going to do it. And uh, um, even though everyone keeps telling me that I should expand there, but uh, Twitter is the most toxic of the four that I use. And so I, you know, I'm disgusted every time I get on it, but I still get on it. <laughs> because I have like 7,000 followers now, which is still nothing. I mean, there are people who have hundred, a hundred thousand followers who are just regular person. And, um, but, but I will occasionally find like, actually my most downloaded episode is an artist that I found, his name's Homer Duke. And I found on Twitter and, um, when, and he has a following of, let's say I'm ballparking and probably 35, 40,000. And when I uh, kind of publicly, in, and this gets to uh, your question of how I invite guests, uh, a lot of times I'll do it publicly on, because I don't like to personally message someone I don't know. And uh, so I'll kind of make a joke and kind of call them out on social media. So like Homer, Homer Duke, I uh, I said, Homer, you know, your paintings are fascinating. You should come on my podcast. And then all of his followers jumped in and commented like, yes, Homer, do it, do it. And so he then felt this sort of social pressure and uh, said, and now he's been on twice and uh, he loves it. But yeah, his following, when he announced like, Hey, I'm going to be on the Zen sandwich podcast. I mean, like within hours, you know, I had thousands of downloads of just his followers coming over. Wow. So that's how, that's, that's the only reason I'm still on Twitter. I'm still looking for another Homer Duke, you know, but otherwise as for a mar- as as using Twitter for a marketing tool, it's almost worthless. I can put my audiogram on Twitter, and it's crickets and tumbleweeds. Yeah, I, I don't see any difference in downloads. Yeah, I totally agree. Unless, I mean, the, our our episode that got the most downloads was the guest not just like retweeting, but actually creating a tweet with a link, and it was a similar thing. Like he made his link and everybody came over to that episode. Um, that is so fascinating though. I'm so glad you went there because I, I've been actually avoiding doing that on Twitter and I will choose to DM the person rather than, you know, create a, a public post that everybody can see for exactly that reason. So that's really reassuring <laughs> to know that um, that's a viable option. Yeah. You got to do it delicately. Well, the, you know, I did, there was someone else who has a big uh, following, I'm kind of glad I didn't get her, but uh, um, she, because she's she's very politically motivated, and I I try not to 
allow too much politics in my uh, in my podcast. It, it gets in sometimes, but but she's she's kind of over the top politically. But she's a she's a known entity on Twitter. Twitter. She probably has eighty or ninety thousand followers, and I did the same. I sort of kind of called her out, and then yeah, her followers jumped in like, "Do it, do it." And, um, and she agreed publicly, but then she DM'd me and said, Hey, I can't do it. Mm. And, uh, so, uh, I don't know. It's, you know, it's a tricky thing. You've got to be, and I try to always make it humorous and lighthearted when I do it. I don't really want to paint somebody in a corner. Yeah, for sure. No, that's a really great point. It's interesting to see how that could go either way. Um, what is your, what is your preparation like for, your podcast are you do you have like a list of potential questions or are you just kind of having a conversation oh no i um I, this i i like this question because i think the failure of a lot of podcasts is from lack of preparation and i think that people listen to podcasts you know and to use the joe rogan uh example again you know joe rogan it, he's just sitting around you know bsing with his his comedian buddies and people want to listen to that for whatever reason. And that that's fine. Sometimes it is interesting, but if your name is just Joe Smith and you know, and you just want to sit around and BS with your buddy, Kevin, uh, nobody is going to want to listen to that. And um, so I think, you know, you have to prepare. So when I do for interviews, I, I do as much research as I can. If they've got a Wikipedia page, you know, I've read it 20 times. Uh, if they've got a book, I ask them if they'll send me a PDF copy first so I can, you know, go through it. Um, you know, I, I try to actually even dig. I'll, I'll tell you an inspiration. I don't want to go too far off on a tangent here, but you ever see the um, the YouTube show uh, Hot Ones? No. Oh, Hot Ones is great. Uh, go huh. check it out sometime. Great. The, uh, he basically, uh, this guy named Sean Evans, he interviews uh, celebrities and they eat chicken wings and that get progressively spicier. <laughs> Yeah. And so, and the, and the questions get, you know, uh, more challenging as they get. And so by the time they're at like the seventh chicken wing, which is like excruciatingly painful, they're like trying to answer this question. But, um, again, I won't go too far on the tangent, but he, he, he dives deep and he does thorough research. He's sort of my inspiration for interviewing people. So I try to come up with questions that they don't anticipate, mm. but, uh, and, but yeah, I don't ever just walk into a an interview and just say, "Hey, we're just going to chat." I, I I prep it. Now i I allow it to go in any direction it goes, you know. So if they start talking about something, and I, I try to listen, you know, I don't just sit there and go through my bullet point, you know, uh, checklist of questions. If they start talking about something and it's interesting, I, you know, I'll ask follow up questions and go in that direction. And there are plenty of times I do interviews where I didn't get to half the questions I had. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm sitting looking at, you know, maybe 10 questions, you know, a bunch of them were generic. Some I've added since starting this conversation of topics that I really want to cover with you, but I, I'm with you. I, I want to research my people up and down. I feel like it's, it's a dishonor to the guest if you're not doing that, if you don't already know about a topic or that person's work, or you're not going out and really listening we had a really interesting and kind of different series this summer where for four months, I invited a doctor to come onto my show to actually be a guest host. 
he was a really good guest. And so I told him like, look, you're, you're at Harvard. Like it would be really cool if you just got to talk to whoever you wanted to talk to. And I could just sit back and record the whole thing and we'll release it. And, <laughs> right. and it turned out really cool. And, and he had access to people that I wouldn't and could cover things that I couldn't, but I was just horrified when he introduced our very first, his very first guest and then said, Oh, okay. So what do you want to talk about? Asking the guest. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. No, like, did you not prepare? Like, how do you not know even like a topic to, to go on? Don't ask the guest what they want to like yeah. talk about it. Put it, it, it put him in a really awkward position. And I, yeah, I, I felt like he didn't prepare as much as he should have. Yeah. I had, I had a, uh, a former, uh, playboy playmate cover, uh, playmate of the month from back in 1990. I had her on my show and, um, I had, now she, uh, she's sort of a podcast junkie. She's been on like 50 podcasts, but, and, uh, I had gone around and listened to, I don't know, five or six of them at least. And, uh, they were all the same. They were, yes. they were all, they were all like just basically regurgitating her resume, everything she had done since play, or, you know, everything she did to get to Playboy and then everything she did after. Well, what I did and I, how the interview I had with her uh, was different. Uh, I had, I just threw all of that into the intro. So like when I in- introduced her, I just went through everything she had ever done, you know, cause I don't need, cause anyone can go look that up. They can just go see her Wikipedia page or whatever and just read that stuff. So I highlighted all that. And in fact, when I got finished with the intro, she was like, wow, you know what? She was like, what are we going to talk about? Because you just did, you just covered everything I've ever done. So then I got to dig deeper, you know, like, well, let's look at this one thing that you did. What was the story behind the story? You know, and it wound up being, you know, I, I think a pretty fascinating interview. And I think she, she was way more engaged because she wasn't just regurgitating her CV, her resume. She got to actually tell real stories about, you know, what it was like doing this or that. That's amazing. I couldn't agree more. We landed very early on a, you know, Joe Rogan like style kind of guest. In fact, he was highly, highly influential in my career and what I do when I heard his episode on Joe Rogan. That's how I found him to begin with. And he agreed to do the show and it just, it was, it was it was good. That's about all I can say about it. And I, I, I was thinking later on, like, what? Why wasn't that more dynamic or engaging? And it didn't. It didn't immediately occur to me that like this guy has given that same interview five times today. Like, yeah, I did right. nothing to make that unique and engaging or, or really, you know, formulate questions in a different way or talk about hobbies and interests of that person, or maybe just spend a few extra minutes doing a little bit more research to uncover a challenge they faced or something like that. So I, I just, I really love the way you explain that. And I, I agree with you. I couldn't agree more that, that you really need to do some work to make your show, um, you know, really unique and different um, and we tell all our guests too, like, I, I want you to have done that interview and have created something that you are very proud to share with mm. your friends and family. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll even add a little more to this, that when you don't look at that prep, you know, anybody, again, that's wanting to start a podcast or maybe you just started out, uh, you know, don't look at that prep as like, oh, I got to go you know, research this guy. I, 
you know, find the joy in that. Like I, I enjoy the process of like learning about this person and creating a new conversation topic that they haven't talked about before. And I, I don't know, enjoy the process is what I would, my, my two cents, my two yen on that. <laughs> I love that. What is the yen trading for, for pennies these days? <laughs> it's one for one. If one yen is one penny. So like a hundred yen is a dollar. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That's great. Um, I'm, I'm curious to know if you have any rituals around podcasting. Uh, rituals. What, what do you mean? So I guess a ritual to me would be something that you you do. It's different than a habit because you do it very mindfully. So you know when I'm when I'm playing ice hockey, like everything in my bag is put in a certain place for a reason, and I put everything on in a certain order, and <laughs> I, I have my towel over a certain shoulder, and then I warm up in a certain you. way. That's the same thing. Do you do any of that when you podcast? Uh, not too much other than like my setup, uh, you know, um, I try to have, uh, it's, it's sort of goofy, but, uh, I've got, uh, we're, we're just doing an audio only one today, but, and, and my podcast is, uh, primarily audio only. I, I, but I do record the video and I put it on YouTube later as a kind of bonus, uh, or, you know, I have a Patreon page, so I'll uh, I'll put the video up sometimes just for my patrons. And um, so in the background, I have um, my wife and I make uh, washi, which is traditional Japanese paper. And it can be used for a lot of different things. It can be used for letter writing, postcards. You can also make artistic things out of it. And so there are people take washi, people here in Japan, and they make dolls out of it. Like, uh, And they're very elaborate uh, dolls. And so this... Uh, artist who uses our paper to make these dolls has given us a couple of the dolls she's made. And I have one mm. and it's a, it's a, of a guy named Hote, which is a kind of like a, he's not a Buddhist God or what it's, you know, it's just a, it's just a fat, it looks kind of like the fat Buddha uh, image you see sometimes. And uh, I'll have him in the background, like somewhere, you know, it's kind of like, a, I don't know if you were a Seinfeld of course, uh, I was just... a fan. <laughs> But yeah, Seinfeld, like he sneaks a Superman in like almost every episode. You'll see Superman on the shelf or he'll make a reference. You know, there's almost a Superman reference in every episode. So I've got Hote kind of hiding somewhere in the background. That's the only sort of ritual I think I have. <laughs> that's great. I love that. Yeah, that was the first thing my mind went to. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to talk to you about your sound quality, which, I mean, if you're listening to this, you can tell already this is top-notch sound quality that you're coming at us with. Can you tell us what components are the most important for sound quality for you? Uh, well, I, the, the the mic is like the the one thing that I... I, it's not the one thing because I've definitely done the research on. Uh, that, that, let, let me let me approach the question this way: When you start out, you know you, you can't do enough research. You you know I, I didn't know anything, Casey, when I started out. I just thought I really thought that a podcast was hey, I'll just pop open my laptop and and just record over the laptop. Uh, mic and camera and post on YouTube and bam, I got a podcast. And I guess technically that might be the case, but I just don't think you're going to go very far if that's all you do. And um, so, you know, I did a lot of research uh, on YouTube, looked at the different 
microphones that were available. I use one called a Samson, a Samson, S-A-M-S-O-N, uh, Q2U. And, um, you know, it's, it, you get the most bang for your buck on that one. It's not the most, it's not the highest, um, it's not the most expensive mic out there, but it, it's a pretty good quality mic. And, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is that your question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. No, I mean, you just, you sound great coming in. And so I just wondered if there was a piece of equipment or, you know, a, an essential piece of software that, um, well, that you go to. Well, when I do, well, uh, when I do my podcast, when I record them, uh, I then, see, this is another learning component when you start doing podcasts. And again, how you can't, uh, you can't just open up your laptop and just throw a video on YouTube and expect the quality to be good. I have, um, I use audacity for my sound editing. Um, I use a, another program called shotcut for my video editing. And, uh, those are both free. They're open source. Uh, you know, um, they're available to anyone and they're, they're pretty good quality, uh, editors and, but you got to learn how to use them you know, I didn't know how to use any of this stuff. And so, you know, all of the hours I have put in just like learning, learning how to do sound editing, learning how to do video editing, uh, learning how to, you know, cut things and move things around. And, uh, that takes time. That takes an investment of time. And, um, but yeah, that's, you know, I record, uh, the episode and I've got a decent mic and I, I just pray that the person I'm talking to has a good mic and then, uh, then usually I do some editing on in Audacity before I might uh, put it online. Mm. I'm so glad you brought that up. That is something that I have been poo-pooing a little bit in in <laughs> the original episodes, and that's where I had to take a financial penalty because the learning curve for me on Audacity was so steep that I wasn't yeah. willing to put in the time. And now I have to spend, you know, it's almost 30 bucks a month for a separate piece of software that makes things really easy for me and kind of auto processes everything. Right. Um, and also my podcast mixer was pretty expensive, but there's, there's mixing things that I do on the fly while I have it. And so, mm. yeah. Could you, could you talk a little bit about like, I, you say hours on audacity. That's sure what I felt like I spent learning audacity. Was there a resource that really helped you understand how to use that? YouTube, honestly, like, mm. uh, you can just type in, there's so much on YouTube now. I, YouTube is almost like, I consider it a search engine like Google, you know, I, I'll go onto YouTube and I'll say, okay, uh, you know, how to um, cut out background noise on audacity. And then there'll be like five videos. It doesn't mean all those videos are high are great. You know, you might get someone who doesn't explain it very well or whatever, but you know, you had to shop around. Um, but then you'll, you'll usually find someone who will explain exactly what you're looking for, you know, and, and the other thing, I guess, yeah, it is overwhelming when you first download these, uh, I mean, first, I didn't even know to go to audacity. I, you know, the first thing I, the first step I had to take again, for anyone that's starting out and not knowing where to go, you know, step one was going on YouTube, like what sound editing software is good, you know, yeah. what, uh, you know, and I, I had, I had to watch probably an hour's worth of people comparing, comparing different sound editors before I even picked one. And then I pick audacity and then I'm, then it's overwhelming. I'm like, I don't know what any of these buttons do, man. How do I, <laughs> what is this? 
And so, you know, then you go on and you go to YouTube and you say, okay, uh, Audacity intro tutorial. And then you find, you know, somebody that for 30 minutes explains to you, here's the basics. And that's the, the, the other last thing I would say about this is that, you know, when it is overwhelming. You know, I didn't have to do video editing either. And when I got shotcut and I'm like, man, what is this? I got to learn this too. Don't try to master the thing right out of the gate. Just get the basics, you know? So like download Audacity and learn how to normalize and compress. Just learn those two things. You know, forget about like all the little cutting and pasting and getting background noise out. Okay, you can learn that stuff later. First, learn how to normalize and compress the audio. And that's it. And then once you're comfortable with that, then you add the little extra technical skills. Okay, now I know how to normalize and compress. Let me learn how to do a noise reduction in this area or whatever. Mm. So. Yeah, that's great advice. Just like anything else in life, like if you want to be good at something, you there's really no shortcuts. You need to go through the process. And it's like you said earlier, it's a process that can be really enjoyable, but but you do learn things along the way. So I think that's that's amazing advice. Um, I, I want to go back to your ikigai um, and and kind of talk about like like the podcasting journey so far, it seems like it has like peaks and valleys and, you know, this week alone, like I, I just realized like I have eight interviews scheduled for this week that all need mm-hmm. prep and, you know, editing and scheduling and all this stuff. And like, whoa, I really overbooked myself. So I'm a little intimidated yeah. and your interest will rise and wane and, and, you know, again, peaks and valleys. I'm, I'm curious to know how that journey has been for you and how your why or your ikigai has kept you, you know, continuing to do it when sometimes it doesn't seem like it's paying off or sometimes it, you know, seems like a lot of work. Yeah. It, um, everything you just said, ditto. <laughs> like, uh, I, I've done all of that where I overbooked myself and then, you know, and then you get to, you know, that, that this is also good advice for someone starting out. Um, you know, don't don't overwhelm yourself and space it out because, um, yeah, I had I had the same thing where I had like eight interviews booked in a week and and, and you know, I'm like halfway through them and I'm like, why, why am I doing this? What am I doing this for? You know, and it can get very frustrating. So, you know, and then. I stopped and asked myself, okay, why am I doing this? Oh, because I enjoy it. And, oh, I'm not enjoying it right now. So then I rescheduled. I didn't reschedule the remaining, the interviews I already had scheduled out, but I just, I didn't do that again. I didn't pack them all in a week, you know? And so they're like, now I'm kind of booked up until December. And so I've had people come to me and say, Hey, I'd like, I wrote a book. I'd like to be on your podcast. I'm like, Okay, I'd like to take a look at the book, and I'm booked up. I can't have you on until December. So, you know, I I space it out now, and uh, and th- there are peaks and valleys. Uh, there are definitely times when I'm like, when I've been frustrated because the download numbers were not growing as fast. They've been growing steadily for a year, but they're not growing as fast as I wanted them to, or God. The biggest frustration frustration is to spend hours on marketing and barely see a a blip, barely see an increase in downloads at all. And you know, you're like, man, I just spent like ten hours doing marketing on this thing, 
And so each time I, I face one of those situations, I, I step back, I step away from the whole project and I say, okay, okay, you, you, this is starting to feel like, you know, a burden instead of something that you enjoy. So wipe the slate clean, start over and, and, and go back to why you enjoy it. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy creating the solo episodes where, you know, with the things I script out, they're as helpful to me as, as I'm trying to be for anyone who is listening to it. You know, and I go back to the origin, the, the original Ikigai. Why am I doing this? Because I enjoy it. I enjoy listening to someone's story. I enjoy talking to people and I enjoy creating things. So when I get bogged down with marketing or I get overwhelmed with being overbooked, uh, I just wipe the slate clean. I step back to the beginning and okay, why am I doing this? And then I sort of start over, over and over again. I love that. I love that. Downloads, you and I have talked about this a ton offline over the last year. Like downloads are, you know, they're, they're important and it's an important metric, but it's, it's really amazing how quickly we can get sucked into that and, and think, you know, place all the value of our show on downloads when really like <laughs> I started the podcast to have something that I could give to somebody that maybe they could have benefit in their life. If a client wanted to know about, you know, walking form, well, great. Well, I have a conversation about that. Or what about, you mm. know, diet things? Well, great. I've got a, I've got an episode about that. I've got, you know, mindfulness and meditation and yoga. Like those have all been created and now they're, you know, little, it's, it's like VHSs that I can lend out <laughs> right. to people. And if I, if I get too sucked into the downloads, I, it, it becomes really easy for me to, um, get frustrated and get upset without, without remembering like, wait a second, why did I start this? I started this because I wanted to help people in a format that helped me so much. And that's enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And, and I, I, um, I look at, at it too, that, you know, I'm also creating a sort of backlog of like when people do find me later on, if, if they like what I'm doing, and, you know, I'm not going to be for everybody, uh, uh, but if somebody finds me and like, hey, I really like this podcast. Well, now I got I've got 62 episodes I can go back and 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 go binge. I, I've had somebody come to me and said, dude, I have been binging on Zen Sandwich all weekend. Like they they found me later on and they just went back to the beginning and just started just listening to them back to back. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, we, we've yeah, we've built a sort of, you know, catalog of of episodes that way. Yeah. That's what I did. I mean, you were maybe right. eight or nine episodes into starting yours, and I found yours, gave you rating review. I'm like, wow, this is really good. And I've listened to all of them. They're great. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this has been a really practical and useful conversation. I'm wondering if you have any other advice that you would like to give somebody who is thinking about starting a podcast. Uh, I have tons, but uh, I, I was sitting here making notes while we were talking. And I, I think the – God, I, I mean, really, there's so many different – things that I could <laughs> advise someone or give some uh, advice on. But I think when you, when you do the marketing, because m- marketing is, is a necessary evil. Uh, I, I don't enjoy marketing as much. I, I enjoy doing the podcast. I don't enjoy selling it. And, uh, but you got to, if, if you want to, you know, cause you can have the best podcast in the world, but if you don't put it, if you don't let people know about it, then nobody's going to find it because there's 4 million podcasts out there. And so you got to do the marketing part. And so my 
advice on the marketing part that I have found over the last year is engage with your audience. So if you're using social media platforms like Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, um, Instagram, don't just promote your show. I mean, you've got to do that. You got to let people know you have a show, but you know, put other stuff out there too. That's not just, you're not just constantly trying to sell a used car. You know, you're also like putting, show that you're a human being. (laughs) And when people comment on the other stuff you put out there, uh, reply to their comment, engage. When you become friends with people, you, you establish a trust or they trust you, then they're going to be interested in your podcast. But if, if all you do is just, if you're just selling, 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 if you're just like, listen to my podcast, hey, check out my podcast, check out my latest episode, it, it turns people off and they won't do it. I mean, think about how, you know, you feel if somebody's trying to constantly sell you something. But if you get to know someone through social media and you're like, hey, this guy's kind of funny, I, I, you know, I, you know what, I should check out his podcast. Like, I get more new listeners by engaging with them in a realistic practical down to earth friendly way than I'd ever do by just selling it through an audiogram on, on social media. Mm. That is wonderful, wonderful advice. And something that I'm way, way too guilty of most of the time. And that's something to be very mindful of. I love that. Mark Reed, where can people go to find you and your podcast and remind us the name of it? And uh, yeah, what platforms you're on? Uh, should be everywhere, anywhere that you listen, you get your podcast. Uh, you know, the three big ones are Spotify, Apple and Google podcasts. So you, you literally can just go in and type, uh, Zen sandwich and that's S A M M I C H. Uh, and you know, it, it'll pop up. Um, yeah. Uh, good pods, uh, any of the, uh, Stitcher, any of the podcasting platforms, but, uh, any of the big three, just just type in Zen Sandwich and I'll be there. That's great. We will link to all of that in the notes. And thank you so much, Mark Reed, for another wonderful and engaging conversation. We really appreciate you and your time today. Oh, I appreciate you for having me. Thanks, Casey. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. If you enjoyed the episode please leave us a rating and review on Apple. Also, be sure to check out the show that made all of this possible, Boundless Body Radio, where we provide tons of helpful and informative content, feature incredible guests, and talk all about health and wellness. Cheers, and thank you for joining us on the How to Make a Podcast podcast.